Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prado. And today I'm talking about bed sheets. Now I have a favorite set of sheets. They have a green, flowery, ivy type pattern on them. I mean, I really don't care about how sheets look. I'm asleep and I lay on them, so I never really see them. What do I care? What I do care about is how they feel. The ones I love, my favorites, are soft and they're slightly silky. No, they're not silk sheets, but they're little sliding. Because they slide a tiny bit, it's easier to turn over on them. I just like those sheets a lot. I have other sets, and I put one of those sets on when I strip the bed and wash my favorites. But I can't wait till the next week when I put these green ivy ones back on the bed again. I got those sheets in 1979. I was 18, a freshman in college. I was unsaved. No, I wasn't a Christian. I'd lived in the dorm for the first semester. It was an off-campus dorm due to overcrowding on the main campus. Mixed in with us naive newbies were in this off-campus dorm were returning students. They were students who had flunked out or been in the Navy or worked a year or two before going to college. So a lot of the students in the dorm with me, which was co-ed, were older, like by two or three years. I had met a guy in my dorm, and after a while, we decided to move in together to an apartment adjacent to campus. And this, back then, this was the new thing to do. The sexual revolution of the 1960s had taken root. And one of the dark fruits it bore was that young people think they didn't need, quote, a piece of paper for marriage, AKA a marriage certificate. We just moved in and cohabitated. Marriage was so old fashioned, you know. Well, the guy's mom was a staunch Catholic And she objected to the move-in, loudly. She actually chased my boyfriend down the hall of their home when we broke the news, with a wooden spoon. She was furious, yelling, You're going to live in sin? We thought she was hopelessly old-fashioned. We were young. We were free. We were all right. We ignored her. And because my boyfriend was her last kid, because he was the only boy in the family, because he was her baby, she caved in and gave us some things for the apartment. The sheets were one of those items. Now, this was 1979. The sheets were old then, at least 10 or 15 years. So let's say they were produced in 1965. Well, now it's 2023. I still have the sheets. These are the favorite ones I mentioned. They're a bit threadbare in the middle, but still in good shape for 58-year-old sheets. 
Every time I make the bed with them, I think about that scene. Way back in 1979 with the mother yelling, you're going to live in sin? I didn't know what sin was. He was raised Catholic, though he obviously didn't practice. But I wasn't raised anything, and I'd never really heard the word sin, let alone what it meant. But one of the things I think about is the fact that God is perfectly justified to punish sinners in the eternal fires of hell. Us living together and, of course, engaging in the usual sexual activity as if we were married is a sin. It's called fornication. And the Bible condemns it in the strongest terms. Many verses warn that fornicators will not inherit the kingdom, a.k.a. go to heaven. 1 Corinthians 6.18, Mark 7.21, 1 Corinthians 5.1, Hebrews 13.4, Galatians 5.19, Ephesians 5.3, Acts 15.29, 1 Thessalonians 4.3. Now, if that was a, a big, long, boring list I just read, those are only a few of the verses in the New Testament warning against fornication. And that's just the New Testament. There are just as many in the Old Testament warning people to remain chaste. Well, we did get married. Deep down, I suppressed the niggles of my conscience for living together. In those days, such a new moral convention by telling myself, oh, it was okay because we intended to get married, that the sex before marriage part was covered under the umbrella of pre-marriage. See, I'd made up a new moral convention. That's how sin works. I suppressed the truth in unrighteousness. And we did get married after we graduated from college. Now, not only sexual immorality is a sin, but treating marriage as of no account is also a sin. And inevitably, when people cohabitate without benefit of having taken the solemn vows of marriage, their casual treatment of marriage can often result in divorce. An unbiblical divorce is also a sin. Well, we were young, we were free, we weren't all right. After four years, he found someone else, had an affair, and left me flat for this new woman. In Richard Adams' novel, Watership Down, where anthropomorphized rabbits are the main characters, the rabbits have a proverb. One cloud feels lonely. I find this to be a true proverb. When you see one cloud, Soon there are more, and the sky becomes overcast. I often change that fictional proverb in my mind to this one. One sin feels lonely. One sin never really is performed in isolation, you know. If a person is an adulterer, that means he or she is lusting, being an adulterer, lying, 
not to mention being a hypocrite. No one is, quote, sent to hell, end quote, to endure a forever stretch of time in punishment because of one little sin. All sins are big, and there's always more than one, although God would be justified if we ever sinned just once in our life. It's still justifiable punishment. But sins are an affront to a holy God who is just and right to punish them. Now, I look back on my time before salvation, and I gasp with incredulity that a holy God put up with so much sinning in me. I'm grateful for my salvation, and I now have a right mind about marriage, even though I'm still single. Marriage is more than just a piece of paper. Fornication is a sin. I still have the sheets, but not the marriage. But that is what happens when people distill what is a holy union before God and making a lifetime commitment before him to just a piece of paper that can be ignored. Because that's what we were really doing was ignoring God in that piece of paper. He instituted the convention of marriage and structured it so the man is the head, the woman is the helper, and the children obey both. And I'm reminded of the woman at the well, John 4, 16 to 18, which says, he said to her, go, call your husband and come back here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have correctly said, I have no husband, for you had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. This you have said truly. And in that scene, Jesus wasn't, wasn't condemning her at the moment, but he wasn't applauding her for living with the man now who is not her husband. Ladies, living together isn't a new moral situation anymore. It rarely causes an eyebrow lift. It certainly doesn't cause mothers to run down the hallway with a wooden spoon to bat some sense into their son. I mean, we see it every day on TV, in movies, and all around the world. People are doing it. But it's wrong. Sex before marriage is wrong. It's called fornication. Now that sounds like an old-fashioned word, but trust me. No, trust the Bible. It's still a sin. And chastity is still a virtue. 1 Thessalonians 4.3 says, and I end with this, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. Well, this has been another episode of the End Time Blog podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm.